I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. We've had a late out, a little hamstring to JB. So you've got Cheezo tonight and with me this evening to talk all things round 10. I have the, uh, let's say the superstar, the TV celebrity. Uh, he's just tried <laughs> to up his price for each podcast to something that we definitely cannot afford. We need more sponsorships. It's Pistol, mate. Talk to me. How you going? <laughs> Thank you very much for the introduction. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun on the front bar. Uh, definitely a unique experience. There was uh, some crazy moments where we lost reception like right before we were going to gonna, gonna uh, start. So like five minutes before we had the house all nicely done and set up. And then next thing we know, we're outside in the freezing cold <laughs> filming, you know, five minutes later. So yeah, it was an absolute blast. Um, ca- capped off, I, I think... Um, I felt like everything was going my way when I had the Oliver VC and I'm like, oh, everything's going really well. And um, unfortunately, the dreaded Sunday Supercoach carnage hit me like a truck as well as um, Scott's, you know, 18 points, which <laughs> I kind of had that situation. Well, I did have that situation where I had to to take the VC. I had to also take the 18 points. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> <You know, laughs> which one do I take? Poison chalice here. I'm like, ah. Um, obviously, I took it which kind of was good but also kind of was bad because it ended up being almost identical points-wise if I had played Porto on field, which was my alternative, and then captaining Grundy. So, yeah, win some, lose some. 
Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact that you could have just banked it at the beginning and didn't have to go through all of Sunday just panicking. Yeah. Um, no, breaking a even. But <laughs> breaking even would have, would have just been absolutely happy. Hey, uh, I'm so glad um, that you've uh, delayed contract negotiations to the end of the year and we can talk dollars and cents then. Um, <laughs> Uh, we've got a lot of uh, inboxes about you doing a um, uh, an expose of the whole experience, so I, I can't wait to talk more about it in the, in the coming weeks. Um, I had a pretty decent week, Pistol uh, twenty three fifty one, which actually saw me lose eight of my ten uh, head to heads. Um, one up, one down this week. I'm still sitting at three hundred and twenty fifth. Uh, Eighteen trades remaining, so uh, hoping to do a double up this week. Um, and uh, start building in towards the buys, mate. So uh, getting really, really excited uh, about that. And uh, I beat you, I, Chizo. That was one of those losses was to me. Just wanted to point it out. Managed to pip you, 2369. Uh, you're still beating me overall just, but uh, I'm slowly pegging my way back 18 points at a time. <laughs> Who's running this show here? Who's driving Sorry, the car? I, I've realized I just uh, wanted to let you know once again one of those losses was to me. Look, I've just pumped you up and said that you've had a really, really good <laughs> last seven days, and now you're trying to cut me down, cut me down so, at the knees. No, I apologize. I apologize. It's only a flesh wound, 18 mate. trades. I'm oh, my God. <laughs> so many trades, Chiso. It's unbelievable. I'm on to you. Don't don't, don't You're doing deflect. amazing. <laughs> uh, hey, mate, we uh, do have some housekeeping before we do get into the Supercoach. Uh, some uh, Patreon names to shout out. If you do want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash Dr. Supercoach and sign up. We're almost running out of room in the Dr. Supercoach Cup. Uh, uh, which will kick off soon. We've only got 512 spots available. So uh, in the 470s now, Pistol, it's getting pretty tight for anyone that wants to get amongst that. Uh, we do have Callum Beaumont, Benjamin Drenovac, uh, Luke J, Heath, Eddie Maguire. Thanks for jumping on, Eddie. Uh, Nath and Ash, just Ash. Uh, they've signed up to the Patreon in the last seven days. Thanks for the support, Pistol. We also have some Cancer Council uh, Donate for Dumb Things. We do, and I just want to reiterate, we do the Dr. Supercoach Cup every year, which is literally a giant cup as a prize, a good knockout tournament, and every year we have mostly a bye week in the first week because we can't fill the 512 spots. We will fill the 512 spots this year, so if you want to ensure your entry into the Dr. Supercoach Cup, make sure you sign up before last minute because, again, we will run out of spots for the Cup, so please get onto that uh, yeah, sooner for, rather than later. First round is uh, round 15, I believe, Pistol? Yes, round 15 will be the first end round. End of the buys. So end of the buys and then all the way through to the end of the year uh, in a knockout elimination style, so please, if you're interested, sign up sooner rather than later or you will miss out. Into the Cancer Council, we have Phil. He says, I accidentally traded Jack McRae out in my draft league for Darcy Moore. I'm not sure how I did it. I must have got confused uh, when I was trading out Jack Scrimshaw. And it's a cash league. And it's a keeper league. So, essentially, he dropped the best mid in the comp probably for the next five to ten years. Uh and then it was on waiver for two days, so he had to message his entire group, apologize, offer a donation for no one to pick him up, and cop a penalty as well, benching him for two weeks. And they all agreed not to pick up Jack McRae, so he's donated for dumb things. That is very nice <laughs> of the group, all playing fair. I, look, I, I would have said if this was your or my Keeper League pistol, I would have picked him up. And then extorted you for a bigger donation, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Double your donation or you don't get him. <laughs> I would have just kept him. <laughs> yeah, you would have. 
That's a good um, one. I haven't heard that before. I've heard a, like a lot of donate for dumb things. That's that's fantastic, Phil. I love that. Thanks for donating. <laughs> we have Kevin Astonhoe. He says, I know it's for charity, but I'm sick of dealing with donuts. Thank you for your donation. Hopefully, there's no more donuts for you. Butler donates for a belated donut for Ryan in round nine. Thank you very much, Butler, for the generous donation. Hopefully, you do get more donuts uh, for the rest of the year. He's on Team Cheeso. Don't don't be wishing ill of my folk. <laughs> <laughs> and Pistol, lastly, I just want to mention that this episode of the Dr. Soup Coach uh, podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped are the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming and have a centre clearance rate better than Darcy Parish Pistol, which is... Fantastic if you've been something. watching them in the last few weeks. Uh, the good news is that Manscaped has just launched in Australia and have just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer. Um, if you want to look like the uh, the lawn on the MCG, uh, the third generation trimmer features a ceramic blade and reduces the potential for grooming clangers as the blade can, uh, disconnects easily to help you increase your disposal efficiency. The battery lasts 90 minutes. It's waterproof, can be used in the shower, and it has a clutch LED light that reminds me of the floodlights at the MCG pistol. Now, if you want to upgrade from a rookie to an Uber premium trimmer or score yourself uh, uh, some other kit on the website, you can use DRSC uh, as a code for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com to help support the podcast and uh, look after your Sharon's pistol. 20% 20% off, free shipping, using the code DRSC. And uh, thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring the pod. Thanks, Manscaped. There we go. That was a lot right. more enthusiastic than uh, JB's last week, let me tell you that much. Look, the, the guy was nervous. It's, it's the only time I've seen him nervous <laughs> behind a microphone before. He was literally trembling. Hey, we do have some really, really interesting uh, topics to kind of get through today. The first one I do want to talk about is the effect that Trelaw might have on the Western Bulldogs players. The reason I picked this up, uh, Pistol, is that we have seen the effect of losing Dunkley on the scoring potential of Bont and McRae. Both, uh, you know, a four-game sample size, but we have seen a slight reduction from McRae and almost a, a boost from Bont, which will come Big to you later. boost from Bont. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do we think that Trelaw has the similar kind of effect on, uh, you know, now that he's he's been confirmed as having a syndesmosis injury, Cindy Moses getting again? Mate, she's breaking a lot of hearts this week. Is she going to be breaking these Western Bulldogs players in the terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the McRae's and the Bonts? Not many teams would be able to replace a Trelaw in the midfield and just bring in Bailey Smith, who might be better. Like, it's <laughs> insane how deep their midfield run. They've lost Dunkley, and I mean, we knew how good it was, but just to like see it happening, their depth in like real time. Like, they still have Libba, the clearance machine. Now they bring in Bailey Smith, who's all class, along with McRae and Bont who are special players in themselves. <laughs> like, it's mind blowing that they're just able to continuously do this and therefore because they're bringing in such classy players and we assume you know Hunter probably gets pushed back up from that half forward flank to you know a pure wing roll getting maybe a little bit in the middle it's gonna probably have minimal effect on McRae or Bonds like they'll probably just continue how they have been scoring over you know the first 10 rounds I mean Bonds in fine form and that I imagine that is going to Keep scoring, uh, keep scoring well. He will, he should be given the pie. There's, there's less downside, I think, now with these picks. Before, I was a bit worried that there would be too little super coach pie to go around. Obviously, that hasn't happened because they keep winning, smashing opponents by, you know, 110 plus points. So there's a lot of pie when that happens. But I'm even more confident now 
there's less people taking the pie. These these guys are going to score really well for the rest of the season. So it sounds like you're leaning towards, um, you know, if you didn't have McRae and you had Bont or you had uh, had McRae and didn't have Bont, this is making you more likely to try and move, you know, the pieces that you have in your team to try and get one of these guys in. I'm more high on pretty much all Bulldogs players right now. Like, I wasn't really considering Caleb Daniel again. I think he's an okay pick now. Oh, don't do this to people, Bailey mate. Dale. <laughs> I, I'm, I was not keen on Bailey Dale. I thought he's fine, but he's like kind of an F6, but now I'm like, Bailey Dale will be a good pick. All of these players in my mind have just taken, you know, a big green stonks going up. So I think I think this is a good a good purchase. I I do have some concerns though, Chizo. Yep. Bonson Pelly, he's six hundred and fifty seven K. He also has a break even of hundred and five, which he will probably beat. Now, for people that want to pick him up after his buy, he's gonna be like what, 670K or 680K yep. buyers buy? Is he just now actually actively priced us out of getting him? I mean, people can definitely find the cash to get him. So I wouldn't, you know, by the letter of the law, I wouldn't say he's priced out completely. I think that it would definitely compromise your following upgrades if you spent all of your cash on Bont in one big hit, if that sort of makes sense. Just completely drain the coffers, $2 left to your name after you go and get him. But like, who's going to have that much money where they, they get Bont and have like, oh yeah, I've also got 200 k left over? Uh, well, it's funny that you say that because I'm definitely <laughs> in that situation this week. Um, and and could potentially pick him up if he, if I wanted to without needing to do a downgrade. The I guess the question you've got to ask is what it does to the remaining upgrades to your team. So if it, yeah. it's going to force you to do a downgrade on a week um, that we don't have a whole lot of uh, viable rookies to pick between, I think that's probably the thing that stands in the way of me getting him this week in my side uh, in the circumstances that you're talking about. Just feel like there's so many unknowns for the rest of the season. Like, are we actually going to have enough money to complete our team? And do I want to, do I want to take this final gamble? I guess I'm calling it that, and and pick him and just like, if I get him, I'm gonna to have to sacrifice somewhere else in my side. Like, I'm gonna to have to. He's so expensive. Yeah. And do I want to do that for Bont? Maybe. I, I I don't know. I think this week at 657 is probably the final week I would consider him. Even now, I'm not sure I should be considering. I look at players like Jack Steele at 563, and I think there's probably 10 points per difference maximum between those two players, but they've got you know a 100K price difference. Mm. So I'd rather, I'd rather buy those Jack Steels, I think. And I mean, maybe we should also consider talking Jared Lyons as well. He has a three-round average now of 137, a five-round of 128. He's 642K and going up as well. I think, do you see him in a similar fashion as, as Bont, where it's kind of, this is the week or you just don't bother? Uh, it, look, you're asking really, really tough questions that people want to know the answer to, and I'd love to say that I have a confidence level near 90 to 100% on what I'm about to say. <laughs> but the thing is, I think you need to 
you know, Clary's also at that that potential. So, uh, you know, there, there's a, a couple of guys that are averaging 120 plus. I think you need to prioritize at least getting a couple of them and then picking the ones that you're happy to forego. So, I, in this situation, am a little bit concerned that Jared Lyons um, and kind of if I group Guthrie into the same kind of um, basket yep. here, that their overall scoring potential will be decreased by maybe five points on average with the return of their superstars to their midfield in the danger fields and the Neils. Yep. And so if I was going to fade one of them, I think it's more likely one of those guys than someone like Oliver that's doing with a full doing it with a full side and Bontempelli yep. that has two midfielders that are out for significant, you know, chunks of time. Like we're at the we're at the start of the Trelaw injury, whereas Lions and Guthrie are about to have their their, you know, injured superstars come back in the next fortnight to three weeks. And I think I think I would prioritize Oliver and Bontempelli over Lions and Guthrie. If you had the cash to get all four, you know, go for broke. But I think <laughs> I think I want at least two of them, of these four that I've named, yep. and and I'm just going to have to take a gamble on the one that I think outscores the rest, if that sort of makes sense. It does. I'm I'm in two minds as well. It's just so much money to pay up, but you're right. I, I don't have Lions and I don't have Bont. I have Oliver and I have McRae. I feel like I want one more of these absolute superstars, and mm. if I had to pick one, I'm, I'm picking Bont and Pelly. Like yes. for sure, it's it's just a he's a little hard to get to in price. Uh, it's can I get there? Yes, if I do a one up, one down. But at the same time, Shizo, I think, and it, it will probably go for a lot of people. You you're kind of in this situation where you could get maybe a Jack Steele and an Isaac Heaney, or you could get Bont and Madden or Waitman, and then you have to you have to kind of choose if you're going to pay up for these super uber premiums or end up with Steele and Heaney, who Steele is still a really good pick. Yeah. It's just, it's a bit tough. I mean, in those situations, I, I think you're probably in a similar one to that. Mm. Do you, yeah, do you, do you lean a certain way? I am personally leaning towards taking value because my experience tells me that I'm not going to be able to um, fill out my side if I pick too many of these 600-plus guys. And so when I'm seeing value presented um, in the likes of a Dusty and a Steel, who are you know far underpriced what they can actually perform at, um, I'm going to grab that, You know, particularly if it, if it fits my buy structure, I'm going to grab that before the... I don't want to. There's a, a, there's a word I'm trying to use. It's like um, you know, it's like luxury or you know, um, gluttonous or something. You know, like you just you just so allured to this um, super expensive high scoring player that it compromises the rest. And so, uh, sort of with a few pockets still to fill in my team, I do just want to grab just one or two more value players. And then look at these kind of guys closer to the back end of their buy if they can, because you know they're all going to be about the same price. They're all going to be somewhere between six thirty to you know the six sixty. And the one that I set my sights on, I'm going to just make sure that I can afford everything else before I pull the trigger. Because I'd I'd hate to pick a Bontempelli up and then next week have four hundred k, and I'm just like, well, 
now I can't even get dusty, if that sort of makes sense. So um, I, I understand exactly what, what what you're saying. Would I go a, a Heaney and a Steel as opposed to one of these Uber guys? And while I wouldn't advocate Heaney personally, I, I, I in that sort of scenario, that's what the way I'm leaning. So I think we got to learn from some of the you know past history. People paid for Jack Steele, you know, six fifty k in round four or five, mm. and now it's five sixty k. I feel like there's always other players you can get that are going to be on hot streaks. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about uh, your man Parrish and his hot streak, but Woo! there's always players that almost at least match it with the big boys that you can get for a cheaper price. And it's always about picking the right timing of these players. So typically, I wouldn't be paying the big big bucks for some of these guys unless. There really isn't other options, and that's something that we'll have to decide. I think, as much as I said, I wouldn't pay for Bond. I'm not against just like waiting for my final midfield slot, which might be four weeks away, and seeing if he does happen to have a stinker, and I can pick him up for cheaper. It's certainly tough, and if you're able to pick up somebody like Heaney, who is 347k, and you know save 100k on some other people's F6 then you can also reinvest that into your midfield instead of buying you know, a 550k player, suddenly you've got 650k to spend and you can get one of the big boys in the middle. Mm. So, yeah, look, Cheezo, there's so many ways to play super coach. <laughs> there is just so many ways and I don't think there's there's not one right way. So it's this, this round and the last round as well have been particularly interesting just with the problematic rookies that we've been, you know, trying to choose between, I guess, the lack of rookie options, the lack of forthcoming rookie options, high-priced rookie options, and cheap premium, cheap premiums, which you kind of have to buy, but you also kind of don't want. Um, I feel like that's half my team. I kind of have them, but I also kind of don't want them. <laughs> like, I'm your... reading my forward line. Is this not, like, sound, like, disgusting? Like, if, if I told you at the beginning of the year, it's round 10, and my forward line is... Jack Zebel, Dane Zorko, Aaron Hall, I had to think about that one, Jarman Impey, Dustin Martin, and Isaac Heaney. You'd be like, oh, so you're ranked 60K. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a, yeah. that is a dirty forward line. It's tough, isn't it? Oh, I can't believe we got here. Where am I actually actively excited about my forward line with those players in it? <laughs> It's throwing out a lot of curveballs to us. Um, I, I guess the question is, what we're kind of leading into here, Pistol, is that um, if you do pick, you know, one of these underpriced players, are there any of these guys? Uh, I know you've just mentioned he in your forward line. Is that the line that you would like to pick someone that's underpriced to be able to have a little bit of extra cash to reinvest. Um, obviously, we have the likes of Adam Chera at just over 400k. Uh, Heaney, as you mentioned, is nearly 350. And uh, uh, Nick Haynes in defense is around the 330k mark, I think, as well. Cheap premium options, are they, uh, you know, kind of without these rookie downgrade do we have to look more into these kind of guys? And if there's any of those that I've just mentioned or any lines that you would be focusing on to try and find uh, someone of that ilk, uh, just unpack your thoughts about that. Yeah, so it's a good question, like where to take the value pick because I think that that's very important. Down back, there's enough players that are going 90 plus where 
I don't think Keynes is cheap enough that it's and scoring well enough that he becomes like a viable D6 option. So he, he's a strong no for me. I think Cherry makes the case just purely because of how cheap he is at 408k. Like there's a big difference between a 450k player, I think, and a 400k player, particularly in the midfield. The only problem is there's so many good midfielders that I assume people don't own because they were very, very unpopular. Like Lions is in what well, he was in 1% of teams, now in like 5% of teams. Um, Bontempelli wasn't super highly owned as well. Um, Walsh and Steele, Merritt, these players are also not very highly owned, but they're all scoring very well and much better than Chera. So he kind of takes up a high scoring position slot. So I don't, I'm not in love with the pick, I think when I look at his scoring this year, it's been very good um, with only two really poor games, um, and including that injury-affected game. So really only one poor scoring game. Every other one above 88 and four above 100. But the teams he scored well against are just... They weren't all there at the time. I mean, Melbourne in round one, I'm not sure they were that fit and firing against Hawthorne, against... Yeah, Essendon, he scored all right. GWS in round two when they were looking a bit iffy. I'm just not super convinced, and there's too many points to go around in that that Fremantle line, but I think Fife's having scans or something. I just read right before we started the podcast, so Mm. I'm willing to change my mind if something happened to Fife for a long period of time. I think I could be convinced. I think he, he could be someone where... Potentially, you could put him at like an M9 and you could kind of cheap out on your M8 and you could have some sort of M8, M9 rotation and try and take the 100-plus scores between them. I think something like that could work out if you've got the money, but he's definitely not my preference. Heaney at 347K, I think he's just so cheap and the forward line is such a mess that if you're going to pay 130K more for Bailey Dale or, or Nick Hines, I'd just rather take Heaney. Yeah. Like, he's so competent. Just gu- super- guarantee like- that he's going to get an injury, so you just ruin yeah. your hope straight away. <laughs> Look, <laughs> he's, he's more likely to get an injury than the other guys, no <laughs> doubt about it. But he scores well when he plays. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's just a mm-hmm. decent super coach scorer. He's been getting up the ground a little bit more since Buddy's been back. Um, he's still... Doesn't he doesn't play as a midfielder? Not at all. He's, he's a pure forward, but he collects collecting the ball a bit more high half forward. He's getting twenty touches a game. I think in this role he'll quite easily achieve eighty five plus, likely ninety plus. And if you're paying three hundred and forty k, like I'd rather cheap out in that to save some money, get a poor rookie off the field, and then reinvest my cash, you know, elsewhere. And if I've got an extra trade at the end of the day, get someone like Dangerfield. I think the thing with Heaney, I understand people's reservations hugely because of the injury proneness. Yeah. If it works out, which is a big if, you kind of save a trade because he's 100k cheaper than somewhere else. So I'm able to use that trade in the buys where there's, you know, three trades per week. If I use an extra trade there, then I didn't have to use beforehand potentially. You know, I could generate some more money. I could get an extra playing player in the buy rounds where I could have copped a zero. You know, I could be able to use three downgrades and then buy Bontempelli, which I never thought I'd be able to get. It just gives that little bit more flexibility, which I like in my side, unless he gets injured and ruins everything for me, which is also <laughs> a possibility. Um, I think for now, I, I like the added flexibility that he gives you just by being so damn cheap. Yeah. Um, and I think 
what it like it cycles back to for me is I think the forward line is where I want to take that risk because I I can think of eight um, you know midfielders that I'd like to have and we've seen with Jack Steele. You know, these big guns do go through four to six weeks where they just kind of taper off. They have a tough run, you know, against the likes of the Bulldogs and uh, Geelong back-to-back. And, you know, it's going to hurt their ceiling somewhat when the Saints are uncompetitive. And we're going to be able to pick these kind of guys up just kind of like on the rebound. The problem is, um, you know, with the with the likes of Chera, he blocks out one of these guys that you could be getting. Same with uh, with Haynes. It was the whole May situation, which I completely did not get confused about uh, at all. Pistol. Uh, <laughs> it blocks out the likes of Whitfield, who you know we've we've been questioning his disposal efficiency, and even on the weekend, he was a little bit iffy. But um, I think he's passed the eye test now. I think you know coming off the bye next week, he's going to be a perfect upgrade. And you know, even if he goes. I think three figures for the remainder of the year is going to be, you know, unders for what we probably can we, we consider for him, but that's still going to be a win as a, uh, you know, a D six sort of option for those that are still looking for that. Yep. Um, I, I think that's the key. So, you know, the, that's why I'm trying to take my risks in the forward line because they're they're less cancelled out by the, you know, all the the, the bona fide um, forward premiums. So. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about these um, these cheaper options. We've talked about the, the the absolute premium options in the likes of Bont. Let's talk about the uh, the the rookie downgrade options. We've spoken in the last few weeks how we were really considering uh, you know going early on a on an RCD so you could make sure you got Burns and Poulter in the following weeks, or you know picking one of these guys at a slightly elevated price last week, and it's. Coming to fruition now, Pistol, that we're really kind of faced with only two genuine options this week if they are selected. Uh, that's Madden from the Lions, DPP forward and a defender, I believe, and uh, uh, Waitman from uh, uh, the Bulldogs, somehow the rising star over Nick Cox, but we won't get into that, mate. Uh, he's an elevated price rookie as well, which is something to consider, and it just complicates our potential downgrade options even further. It does. It. I, I, I think I said a bit, I mean, it may have been last week, I can't remember, all my time is blurred into one. Sorry, Chizo, but <laughs> this is just one long podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was the same one as last week. I think <laughs> buying players now at elevated prices just really hurts your upgrade cycle. You're, you're definitely trying to maximize your cash yeah. and picking up somebody at 173k who look is more expensive than Highmore is more expensive than Murphy he's nearly more expensive than Lockie Jones like just feels bad given we've been waiting for these players to go up so much in price just to cash them out for basically no money it's quite painful I mean the difference here is that Waitman's got a negative 70 break even so you're guaranteeing yourself cash yeah. He's got a 90 he scored a 98 which means you're effectively giving yourself 2 weeks of guaranteed absolute good money making. Yeah. I would think without a doubt he will make you 100k and he has bought himself after a rising star nomination. He's bought himself I would suggest at least through the buys which is if I'm picking a rookie right now my number one criteria even above cost is, will they play through the buys? That's my number one. Yeah. My number two is probably, will they make me enough money? Um, and number three is probably, which buy round are they playing in? Something along those lines. But for me, his job security is there where he's going to play through the buys. He's going to make you the money. 
tick and tick. Unfortunately, he's 173k, so you it might slow down your upgrading for the next couple of weeks. But you get three trades, you know, throughout the buys, and it might help you make those final extra upgrades. So I think Cody Waitman, I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him a, a tick a of tick. approval. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a tick. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we talk about this a lot, and it's something that I've only adopted in the last few years is uh, genuinely doing the eye test, doing the hard yards of just focusing, not so much watching the play, but you know, focusing on what he's doing during the game. And he seems like one of those rookies that are ready. And obviously, the Trelaw injury is only going to you know probably help his uh, potential to, to 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 stay in yep. that bulldog side. The thing is. He just looks like that pressure forward that is always around the ball, sort of like uh, the defenders get a little bit nervous if he's close by. And I think that's exactly what Bevo is going to reward. I mean, particularly off the back of a rising star. I think the 50K uh, that you pay for him over someone like Madden for the job security is absolutely worth it in this scenario because... He's got better job security. He's got better scoring potential, and you know, even based on his pro- uh, SuperCoach projections of in the fifties, he's still projected to make more money than Madden does by scoring sixties because of that ninety-eight. They both had the same buy in round thirteen, so you're both gonna, you're both going to get two weeks out of them if they do play. And Madden is completely reliant upon the uh, the injury stocks that they do have the Lions, which. You know, not necessarily is meaning that he's not going to play next week or the week after, but his uh, his role is a little less certain uh, than we see with Waitman. So I think I'm on I'm on your side of the fact that um, he's the one to pick if we're looking to downgrade. If you're in the situation where your upgrade to someone like Jack Steele is completely dependent on that extra 50k you get from Madden, what do you say in that sort of scenario? Oh, great question. So I think Madden has Leicester and Answorth both out that may may impact him. I don't think Answorth is like a guaranteed best 22. I feel like Madden if he keeps playing really well, hmm. he'll hold Answorth out. However, I feel really uncomfortable trying to yeah, buy somebody who I don't believe will play throughout the buys. Um I think Madden one of the things I really like is how he's got DPP yeah. So if it goes badly, you can kind of hide him in a position either forward or back where you can comfortably, well, hopefully, get away with it in the buys as well. Like if you've got enough players in round 13 in one of those lines, you can kind of hide him more easily. So if it's going to price me out of steel, I probably would get, I probably would take the risk and just hope he plays well and holds his spot. But if it's a situation where you're looking to do a double down, to free up cash for future rounds, I, I would only be getting Waitman. I don't think I'd be double downing and getting Madden as well. I, I feel like that's too, that's taking it a bit far with rookies that have poor job security. Just remember as well, Chizo, we have the, the mid-season draft coming up. I think it's June 2nd, and we'll get more players that will play and debut, and they'll yeah. be kind prices as well. So there will be an influx of rookies in the immediate future. So we don't we don't necessarily have to pick every single playing rookie right now. Yeah. Are you concerned that uh, the, you know, the, we, we should see some more rookies come in that will um, you know fill a spot immediately in some AFL sides? Uh, are you concerned that the fact that they might be a little bit on the late side of when we need them 
you know, people will be looking to downgrade going into round 12. So at the end of this this next round, they're not going to be available. Uh, and, you know, we're only looking at the likes of Zach Smith for Gold Coast um, and Reeves for the Hawks. And while Ned Reeves, you know, played really well on the weekend and, and looked really promising, you know, having them as only, you know, ruck-only options um, is just just complicating matters even further because we don't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, additional rookies to pick from at the moment or, you know, even on the horizon. Yeah, it's it's a little worrying. <laughs> I won't lie, but, you know, rookies have been coming out of nowhere in the mm. last couple of weeks. So I'm not going to give up all hope. I think we might get potentially some debutants this week, which would be very, very good timing. But in all likelihood, I don't think Flynn for me, is going to be able to make it through the bye period as, as well as his scoring. I think Pruce is a test for this week to return and get some VFL practice under, under his belt. So given the kind price, you know, rookie basement price for Reeves and Zach Smith at, what is it, 217K or something like that, it's enough where if I downgrade Flynn to either one of them, I've it's given me enough cash to upgrade somewhere else in my team. And I think that's more important than just holding Flynn, trying to get an extra 30K out of him and a good score. Because I think both Reeves and Zach Smith can sh- can score well enough, mm. you know, 70 plus. I mean, yeah. Reeves looked fantastic and Zach Smith looked really solid too. I think it we can discuss in greater detail which one to get next week, Chizo. I think yeah. there's going to be a big discussion about job security versus extra money and, and stuff like that. But... On the immediate horizon, I definitely will be getting one of Reeves or Zach Smith. I haven't made up my mind, and then I'm going to use that cash along with, you know, probably, I don't know, McNeil, someone else, Jordan maybe, <laughs> um, and then try and, yeah, pinch an upgrade, maybe a Whitfield or something after the, the first buy around. I think. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That's probably the way I'm going to generate it and then just cross all my fingers and toes that mid-season draft 
has some debutants in round 13, then they happen to be playing in round 12 and everything will sort itself out. Yeah, I guess the the main reason I was kind of bringing that full circle, not that I was saying that they were options this week, um, is it, it, if we're looking at options this week, we've got Ralph Smith from Tigers that has no job security, no scoring potential. Uh, Tom Wilson from Your Pies, which, you know, has a bit of both. Zach Smith-Reeves are, are both, you know, a couple of weeks away from being viable. And then it really is literally down to Cody Waitman and James Madden if you do want to do a down a, a double downgrade, say you've got no, ca- no cash in the bank. So um, I, I guess the point I was trying to highlight is there's not necessarily a, a bunch of players that are coming through that we can, you know, we're basically just crossing our fingers and hoping someone appears. And in that situation, I don't, see the risk of taking a Madden who's currently in the side is bargain basement and has forward uh, defender eligibility is not I, I don't think I'd be turning that down and just crossing my finger like that, that's just not how I deal with risk if that you know my whole future trades depend on some currently unknown person to appear <laughs> I mean it's not like they're currently unknown I think we'll see Bianco for Pies come in very soon and he's going to be I think a must have Rookie, if I can label him that before he's even played a game, wow, it's a bit ballsy. <laughs> I, I think if if you got at least two solid rookies coming through, that's two downs. That's at least one more upgrade, and yep. there'll be someone else. Like I didn't know Waitman existed <laughs> to this, but the scoring potential for super coach purposes. You know, two weeks ago, I thought he'd come in. I'm thinking, ah, small forward, probably just going to be another. Anthony Scott Locking McNeil's situation is going to score mid 55s at 173k and not going to bother getting him. I yep. didn't even think about it. And then he's come out and scored really well. So there'll be that. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that, that covers that quite well. Mate, we do have some very specific questions that we're getting asked a lot. Um, you talked about this off the top of the podcast. He's my boy. He's Darcy Parrish. I've been on him since the beginning. Just just a premonition. Just guys, you know, next year, no, the year after, no, the year after. Okay, this is the one where he's breaking out and we need to jump on. Pistol, I made my thoughts felt, uh, you know, pretty well last week that um, it's difficult for me to um, jump on someone that I'm, uh, you know, I know that I'm so biased to and I tend to overcorrect for that and... Um, probably paint the scores that he's been getting a little bit more harshly than an unbiased viewer, you know, just seeing from the outside. It's clear to me that he has the role that won't be taken away this year with the injuries they have. I am a little bit concerned that the last probably five or six weeks we've had a pretty, you know, Essendon have had a pretty easy um, you know, super coach scoring run for the midfielders, but there's absolutely yep. no denying that someone that's averaging in the mid-30 disposals and doing literally everything that the superstar mids do in the competition, he has to be considered. (laughs) I mean, he's unbelievable right now. (laughs) He's so good. Mm. It's true that you've had very kind supercoach fixtures and you have a tough run coming up, West Coast, Richmond, Hawthorne, Melbourne, Geelong in a row. But if you're getting 30 touches a game... A lot of contested possessions. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, he's going to be a really good scorer. He's 592K. He's not even cheap. He's a huge POD. I like him. I, I don't think I could advocate for him over a Jack Steele because Jack Steele already does this yep. and is 30K cheaper. And it's cheaper, yeah. And 
He has North Melbourne, Swans, Adelaide coming up, which is very different than Essendon. <laughs> yeah. So West Coast away as well. <laughs> yeah. I I think he's at his price point, he's the guy I probably would take I'd take him under six hundred K over anyone except for Steele, I think. Yeah. What about Walsh? Uh, Walsh. Ugh. Ah, oh, that is tough. It is. I think Walsh is just cheaper. He's twenty k yeah. cheaper, and he's the prodigy. Probably Scott. Yeah, I regret making my statement two seconds ago. <laughs> this is that is very tough. This is oh, when you scroll yeah, down and find someone else. <laughs> no, there's no one else. I can't find anyone else. Ah, Took Miller's um, five ninety seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 Look, he, he's a genuine option. Like, I, I, he is. He, he absolutely is. There's no denying that he's got the fourth uh, fourth highest five round average in the uh, the one at 134. Look, I think if it fits your buy structure, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's probably slightly overpriced than what he's probably going to perform for the remainder of the year. But I think. He's 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 probably that highest averaging midfielder for the Bombers for the rest of the year. Like if you didn't have Merritt or Parish, uh, and you know you, it was a straight fight between the the two, and price didn't matter, I'd probably be getting Parish. But the fact that um, Merritt is so much cheaper, I think that's the way that would you know would sway me in that direction. Parish is like the fun pick, yeah. So if you want to have fun for the season, Parish is the guy. Like he definitely could go on a string of one hundred and thirty plus scores. Mm. That wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. So. And yeah, I, I, I'd still he's he's still getting my tick of approval. The, the regardless one, of where this conversation goes from now on, <laughs> the, the one thing that's been standing out for me is his, you know, most notable uh, in his junior years and his first few years in AFL was that he just had um, poor disposal efficiency. And we've seen some, you know, he does kind of chop the ball up a little bit, but he's been making really, really positive, um, uh, you know, improvements with his ball use this year as well, which I think is standing out. So um, just another thing to consider. Uh, we'll jump into the next direct question that we've been getting a lot, which is uh, Dusty this week or, you know, wait until after his buy or do we get him at all? So a lot of people have been saying maybe we should just fade Dusty for the whole season if we don't own him because 70% of the competition already owns him. Yeah. And he's scoring terribly, so you know why? Why do I want him? Which is a very valid point. The problem I have with that is he does have Adelaide and Essendon coming up. He does have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games at the MCG coming up. Richmond are getting back four of their midfielders within the next fortnight. Yeah. And as much as the you know myth we kind of debunked in the previous years about Dusty coming home like a freight train, it's still Richmond need to win games if they're going to make finals because they're not even like guaranteed finals at this rate in the the way they're playing. So they have to win games, and all of this, everything I'm saying that's rolling off my tongue is just screams Dusty's going to drag his team to the finals. Probably to the grand final because he just does that because that's what Dusty does. And it's all going to be on the back of his performances and he's going to go at some stage on a string of big scores. Mm. And you're going to want to make sure that you have him because if you don't and everyone else does, your rank is dead. And there's just... The forwards are not good. He's 433k. You're buying him priced 
at something silly like 80 or whatever, he's going to well and truly beat that. So for me, it's more you just grab him, you lock in your win over people that bought him at 560k. He's not been averaging super well. Expect him to average 95 plus for the rest of the season. I'm quite confident that he will still achieve that. But his upside is so much more than that as well. So I don't think it, this is a fade, dusty type of year. This is uh, get him while he's cheap and just be content that you've locked away a win and watch Dusty do dusty things in the back half of the year and get excited about it rather than sad because you don't own him. Uh, talk to me about the 75K difference between Isaac Heaney and Dusty Martin and how that kind of plays on your mind if you are looking for that forward upgrade, uh, someone that's underpriced. I, I mean, I'm looking through my uh, my lens and I'm thinking if I can get Dusty for only 75 you know, k more than Heaney, um, I would probably just do that. It, it sort of reminds me of when we're talking about the 540k, you know, maybe 105 to 110 averaging midfielders. And, we, you know, for 75k more, you can pick Walsh, you know. It sort of reminds me of that sort of argument. If I'm going to pick an underpriced forward that um, has genuine upside, I'd probably be trying to scrape a few extra dollars in that kind of scenario than picking a Heaney. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I'm going to throw one back at you. Yep. If Dusty was 480k, would you get Dusty? Probably not because that's now 150k difference instead of... No, that wasn't the question. Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry not, not, in compa- not in comparison. Not in comparison to anything, yeah. Uh, I probably still would because I, yeah. I still think it's under what his genuine value is. I see his value as you know the high 90s to around the 100 mark. So let's say his, his value is slightly um, above... 500k depending on the magic number um and i have a little bit more confidence in the you know you can pick him and be reasonably confident you're not gonna have to you know have your sleep interrupted because he's been interrupted at training during the week like heaney i think if you could get dusty at 480k that's like a good deal and i would be aiming to get him in my team yeah he's 430 yeah just overthinking I, it. I just it doesn't even matter what Heaney's price is, is the is the point of where I'm going okay. with it. it. It's just Dusty Martin at four thirty. I don't think you can go past it. I think it is I understand there's cheaper options and you can try and get one and then the other and both, but straight up, if you have money for Dustin Martin, I think you just get Dustin Martin. He he's not injury prone. He genuinely has missed what is it like eight games since he start like since he debuted. It, it's crazy. Um I know he's already missed one this year, but that was a bit. Uh, that's his one for the decade. He won't miss another one until twenty thirty two. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just, you know, Heaney again. We we spoken about the risk. I understand he's cheap and he has good scoring potential as well, but he is a really really big injury risk. I just, yeah, I don't think you can go past Dusty at four thirty three k. He's still very very high on my radar. Yeah. So yeah, between him and Heaney, I think I wouldn't even be looking at Heaney's price. I'd just be looking at Dusty's price and saying, you beauty, yeah. 433K for Dusty. That's that's a win every day of the week. Yep. Uh, the uh, the next thing I want to get into that we're getting asked a lot about is uh, everyone's seen Whitfield kind of come back with a bang. He passed the eye test. He's hit the three figures for the first time this year. We want to get him in. But wait, he's got the buy the round after. What are you telling uh, people that are DMing you saying, I want to get Whitfield this week? Yeah, so this is a great question. Typically, I have 
been in the camp of in this round, I wouldn't be getting somebody who's got the buy in round 12. As well as obviously next week, I also wouldn't be getting somebody with the buy in round 12. The only reason where I would be getting somebody this week with a round 12 buy is if your choices are, well, if you don't do it this week, I have to make an upgrade next week. And next week, I'm likely going to just want to get someone with a round 12 buy who's not playing, which what sounds silly, but sometimes it's the only player you can afford. So in that case, like if you had 490k, there's not many players that I'm looking at that I would feel comfortable bringing in at that price point. So potentially Whitfield is the best option at that price point across every line at, at you know roughly his 490k. So in that case, if you're going to get him in like next week, you may as well get him in this week because at least he plays. But overall, it's not a move that I would advocate doing and it, it's very rare situations where you're bringing in somebody next week who's not going to play and this is a week where I would still be looking at getting somebody with around 13 or around 14 but if it fits your buy structure another way to answer your question Chizo is if your buy structure is terrible and you need to bring in round 12 buy players now to start counteracting how far you've lent into your round 14 buy players for example then yes, you can get Whitfield this week because you're starting to even up your numbers, and that that's totally fine. Yeah, um, I, I guess there's many ways you can look at it. Like if you pick around 14 by premium this week, your subsequent weeks you can pick up someone else that covers that guaranteed donut that you're bringing in. Um, so say you're picking Whitfield off his buy, he might be covering a donut from someone you bring in this week. Whereas if you're bringing in Whitfield this week, you're pretty much just guaranteeing that you're going to get a zero. Um, when he has his buy. The thing for me that stands out that just kind of simplifies everything is the opportunity cost you have. If you've got 500K sitting there and you don't really have any mids or forwards that you can afford or want to get, and your choice is points on field this week or waiting two whole weeks with 500K on your bench, because let's be honest, next week you're probably not upgrading. You're probably doing a downgrade, building that war, war chest to get guys off of their buy. Um, it's that opportunity cost. You either get scores this week and invest that cash or you've got to wait a fortnight before you can spend it. And I think there are worse things to be done to your team than guaranteeing a premium score this week. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I think you've you've, you've nailed that, Chizo. Um, we get a lot of questions that are like, uh, you know, we're talking about the buys now. Um in terms of, you know, what do I need to do to prepare myself? And it's it's usually uh, one of two things. Look at my side and tell me the exact moves that I need to do, which, <laughs> you know, we can't do for everyone. So we're hoping to educate you in a way that um, you're able to kind of observe your side and then make those decisions yourself. Um, but if you were looking to try and navigate the buys, uh, you know, this year, Pistol, um, you know, kind of like a top-down overview, you know, what are your thoughts in, in terms of um, what we should do? Because we, we get a lot of questions of how many premiums or how many people should be missing. And I yeah. think it's really easy to overcomplicate the buys. Yes, there are absolutely some ideal structures in an ideal world with everyone playing that would work perfectly. But we don't work in an ideal world and we have to deal with what we have. And, you know... What would you say to someone that's struggling with their their buy strategy and, and where they might be? What's the first thing you would you know say to these kind of people? What they need to do to kind of assess where they're at. So my 
way that I easily try and assess the buys is I do a couple things. Firstly, any player that's uh, rolling donut that you've now got, either that you started the year with or someone like Sharp, take them out of your your team. We're purely just counting numbers right now. Cut them out of your team. You've got your Brockman. For argument's sake, I'm cutting him out of my team. Probably Finlay McRae if you still have oh, him. Damn. Cut him out of your team. Now you count, recount how many players you have in total. Now you look at your bench. If you have Highmore and Murphy, I'm only counting one of those as playing throughout the buys, not two. Better chance that you know at least one of them plays in any given round. So I'm going to be counting them as one. I'm going to recount how many players now I've got in my team. Now, from then on, I'm going to look at how many players are playing in round 12 across each line and total them, round 13 across each line and total them, round 14 across each buy and total them. You should have a situation where already you have more than 18 in round 12. You should be prepped for that that round and it's coming. Round 13, you should be roughly at 18, probably between 17 and 18 is, is fine because don't forget, you will have the three trades to compensate um, after the round 12 has unlocked, so pre-round 13, and you'll be able to use three trades to ensure that you have enough players for uh, round 13. And then round 14, I mean, in the perfect world, you already have 18 players playing, but let's say that's not viable. You can still get away with something about 14 players. I know it sounds really low, but just remember you have six trades to use you know, three at the end of round 12 and three at the end of round 13. You have six tra- six different trades to use to take out your round 14 players from your side, bring in players who will play in round 14. So you could, you'll be able to bump that number from 14 probably up to about 18. If you're able to do that, you'll be able to navigate the buys quite easily because I've taken a very conservative approach to the buys to be able to pull those numbers. So... If you do that method and you're fine with the buys, you'll most likely just be easily able to navigate through them. I it's great if you have an even spread of premiums throughout it. You know, it keeps your scoring consistent. But at the end of the day, you take all three rounds as like a whole. And for the average player, this will work easily this will work fine. If you take all three as a whole, most people are gonna have like twenty premiums across those rounds playing, and that's fine. I mean, some people have a bit less, some people have a bit more, um, depending on injuries and whatnot and where your team's at. But overall, don't stress too much about how many how many premiums are in each buy unless you're playing for league. But for overall, it doesn't really matter unless you have a situation where you have more than bloody 18 players in one buy. Then you've got problems. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, let me just kind of uh, bring that all full, full circle. Um, remove the players that, shouldn't be playing. If you've got guys that, uh, you know, off and on every couple of weeks um, kind of only count them at 50% sort of playing. So um, uh, the likes of Brockman will get crossed off. The likes of Waterman uh, might only count as half a player. Yep. Yeah. Uh, from there, you're looking to ensure you have at least 18 players in every week, trying to project what trades you might make um, into the future. And you're not necessarily worried about, you know, um, I've only got 10 premiums this week, but then I've got 16 premiums the week after. Um, it, it all comes down to how many premiums you get on field over the entire buy period 
Um, but you don't want to end up at a week where you have kind of 24 available players and you obviously don't have um, that many uh, you know, spots on field and compromising yep. one of your other ones where you might only have 18 flat and you could, uh, you could afford an extra one to do some loopage or something like that. Is that, is that sort of where we're at? Like it, it, it seems relatively simple when you break it down that way. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it is like that. And the thing is, like, I know people have these 102K non-playing players and it's not a good use of a trade to trade one of them out to a playing rookie. But you have that, because there's three trades in each buy round, that's your real break glass in case of emergency move where you get to a buy round, you think, oh, crap, I only have 17 playing. What can I do? And it's like, oh, well, I'll trade out my loop to some playing rookie. And then hopefully they'll, that rookie will play for the rest of the season and provide me good cover. And you can kind of do that and get away with it. It's not a good use of a trade because it doesn't actively make money for your side and it doesn't upgrade somebody in your side. But it's there in case you need it. So if you are able to do this and calculate how many players you have through each of the buy rounds, you've got enough trades across the buy period, given you can use up to nine across those three rounds, that you should be able to navigate comfortably throughout the buys. The problems start when you do this method and you think, oh no, I have 15 players, 14 players, 12 players across the buy rounds. And you're like, how am I possibly going to do that? That's when you're going to start panicking because... Now this is around and next week where you actually need to start prepping and bringing in playing players and trying to get your team in a, a better spot um, because then your team's just a little bit out of whack. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, let me talk uh, about another important topic this week. Um, everyone has just been overjoyed uh, of those that still own Matty Flynn. Another 90-plus score on the weekend. He's now 350K. He does have a break-even of 12, and he also has the first buy. Now, Pistol, I want to run a few scenarios from you. He doesn't play this week, uh, or if he's not named this week, do you have uh, a leaning to what you might want to do with him? I'm seeing a lot of players, you know, uh, um, that are considering going a Flynn move to get someone like Bont. Um, are you happy with that? Or, you know, I'm kind of sitting on the fence that's saying, I want to hold Flynn for as long as, you know, humanly possible, um, not only because he has some extra cash to make, but he might help offset the uh, the Gorn Grundy scenario come round fourteen. What's a, just just some overall thoughts? I'm not necessarily looking for an answer. Oh no, there's no chance I'm letting either Reeves or Zach Smith go. Okay, like Flynn will be downgraded to one of them because I think well Zach Smith will most likely play for the rest of the season, so you get cover for the whole season. Yeah, and you get someone that plays in that round fourteen. So cool. Yeah. Having that and making money, easy. Reeves potentially could do the same thing at a cheaper price. We'll see how he goes in his second game and how Hawthorne want to line up now that Hardigan's been suspended and maybe they bring Hartley in. Maybe they put Big Boy back and let Reeves have full reins of the ruck. I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens this week. But there's definitely potential in both of those moves. I don't want to miss out on both of them. Yeah, sure. Because then what? I'm just holding Flynn for one good score, but then cash him out to someone way worse i mean that that doesn't seem like a a good move in my opinion so uh, it's a hundred percent trade out 
to Reeves or Zach Smith. I just haven't decided which one. Yeah, so um, it, it sounds like it's a really easy decision for you that he's just a cash cow. If someone's got the idea of moving him on, uh, maybe you've got someone like a Tracy that you can put there for the time being. Um, and when the likes of Zach Smith and Reeves are, are available at the end of round 12, you're, you're more than happy to you know um, get rid of Matt Flynn this week because you've, the whole time you're looking at getting one of these other guys in the future anyway. Yeah, if if the person you're bringing in is going to go up more than Flynn, I don't know how that would be possible given he's got a break even of 12. I guess if he's not named, yeah. then you could probably do yes, it. Yes, that's then what I'm thinking. You probably can just call him this they're, week. They're, but yeah. I'm seeing uh, specific examples of, of people saying, I want Bont, I want Clary, I want uh, Jared Lyons. Flynn is the best rookie that I have to try and get to him or I need to do, let's say, Jordan and Flynn this week. Um, you're not averse to that because he's he's out you know, next week regardless pretty much or the week after. Yeah, a bit more invested train Jordan this week. But yeah, Flynn, I think if you can get the player that you want, if even if you cull a bit early, I mean, he's probably going to make you 30K more. So for the sake of 30K, if you can get in the player, that's probably going to go up at least 10, 15K. You're offsetting some of that price raise anyway. So yeah, definitely not averse to that. It's just more money on your field. It's going to be more points because Flynn's on everyone's, well, shouldn't say everyone, but you know, 99% of people's benches. So yeah. having that money on field is going to be an advantage over the rest of the competition. Mate, I'm sure there's someone out there that is uh, still running Flynn at R2. Uh, I mean, 6% of teams still have danger at this point. So, um, mate, we might as well jump in to some captaincy options. Um, I'm really, really liking uh, this week... Um, the doggies in terms of Bont, uh, really good VC option in the likes of Bont, McRae, uh, Gorn, and Oliver. I think the uh, the Friday night is going to be a, a phenomenal chance to, uh, to to run your VC. I don't think anyone um, is going to turn down the likes of uh, VC from those guys. And, and that leads in uh, a very, very uh, well to uh, Grundy on the Saturday afternoon in the second game of the round. And the reason that's really, really good going uh, Friday, Saturday is because it leaves so many potential loophole options that we have to be able to lock in that VC. Because, you know, when the likes of uh, Gorn and Grundy play Sunday, it is really hard to get that VC, uh, you know, locked in and having a loophole option. Whereas, uh, you know, first and second game of the round just makes it really, really easy. Yeah, it does, and reminding me how painful it was not being able to easily take Oliver's, mm. you know, VC and having to make that s- sacrifice. I think Gorn against Sweet is a sweet that's the combo up. that's going up. It's, I mean, I'm looking at the hitouts from last week. Ryder wow, had 41. <laughs> no, it was a sweet matchup. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, across the board, the 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 hitouts last week there was 53. To twenty-one. I mean, if Gorn's going to get fifty-plus hitouts, Gorn's going to score well. Yes, because he just is a good, you know, ruckman. So I like Gorn if he's up against Sweet. If they don't bring back English or um, Martin, yeah. so let's see how that one goes. Otherwise, McRae, I, I also enjoy. It's hard to go past Grundy. Again, as you said, but I'm trying to think of somebody else that might be a little bit outside the box for a little bit later in the round. Maybe Jack Steele against North Melbourne, uh, potentially. Not a bad shout. Uh, I don't. I don't think I feel super comfortable doing Walsh at the SCG or Tom Mitchell against Gold Coast. So that I 
feel like that's too risky. I don't have any other players in my team that I feel really confident Yeah, there's, there's no matchups this see. week that kind of jump out and say this is great. I mean, like, Lions is good, but he plays GWS, yeah, which play a bit of a gross matchup. You've got um, the the likes of Zeeble and Hall, who had a high ceiling this year, but they're playing St Kilda, who may only have two scoring shots for the game, so there's no kickouts. Um, bomb, <laughs> bombers are against the Eagles. It, there's nothing that's jumping there's off no the one. page. And uh, we obviously had a major win last week in, in uh, you know, jumping on the Clary bandwagon and thinking he was uh, probably the best option for the week. Um, I, I think it just comes down to being playing the safe play and playing the high percentages. And I think um, any of the doggies v demons in what is effectively a top of the table, table clash um, into Grundy is just the safest play this week and for pretty much... 99% of the competition of those that are in, you know, having that combo available. I think Mills might be really good against Carlton. That's true. The SCG yeah. potentially, but Mills hasn't even scored well at the SCG this season. I'm not sure. Yeah, what's with exactly that? Why. So it's tough. He, he doesn't like the skinny I, I, ground. I Mills has like the best halves. <laughs> like he's, he's always on nearly a hundred halftime in so many games this year. And then just, Either like stops completely. I, I don't Reminds know. Reminds me of but Walsh. Yeah, it, this is tough. This is not a round where I'd be trying my best to try and pop a unique captaincy. I think this this is one of the rounds where you just go with the herd and you you think, yeah, okay, if I if I just match everyone this week, that's fine. And I'll play some you know funky games later in the season if I have to with my captaincies. Okay, and the last topic we'll get into before we do wrap this up. Um, you did mention before you're not super crash hot on uh, JJ uh, James Jordan being traded this week. Um, is that because his his break even is still only in the seventies and he's got a chance to probably beat that? He he obviously suffered quite a lot by having such a low time on ground in the past week, which we've seen um, you know almost getting mini rests uh, earlier on in the season as well. Is that that's what you're kind of tying yourself in with. Oh, I really wanted to hold him through the buys, but if he were to put out back-to-back 40s, which is possible against Bulldogs, you'd, you'd almost be forced to trade him. Otherwise, it's going to fall so much in cash. It's not even like Melbourne have a particularly strong draw. They've got Bulldogs and then Brisbane yeah. in a row. It's a little bit of a nightmare situation, but this week, it's possible... If he puts back up you know, an 80-plus score... It will just mean he can probably at least hold price throughout the buys, yeah. which gives me that kind of stability because I want him playing in round 13 in particular um, against Collingwood. I think that's a good matchup for him, plus he's a good scorer. So if I can get him there, that would be a big win. It's it's likely I'm just going to will him there and just cop some price <laughs> falls along the way if I need to. But a lot, of the, a lot of it will come down to how he scores this week. If it's a bad score, he's probably out. If it's a good score, he can make it there. So yeah, big round. For Jordan, I'm hoping he comes through the goods. Okay, and someone like Scott uh, suffered concussion probably out this week, although he's listed it as a test, so he must have passed uh, the concussion. Yeah, I think he passed. Passed the concussion protocol, so uh, potential this week. Uh, I see this one as a little bit more cut and dry pistol. I totally agree with the Jordan uh, sentiments. Um, I think that the fact that Scott is just uh, he's just a cash cow, and his price his his break even has been totally destroyed, and he's just going to drop in cash if he does play, which uh, he might do. I think if you're looking for someone to downgrade 
uh, and you have the likes of Roe with a really low break even still, uh, you might be struggling to find someone to, to trade out. And the likes of you know Scott and Jordan just happen to be the unlucky low break even, no cash generating players that just are the ones to make way. Sort of like what Powell was last week. We wanted to keep him until he killed his BE. Mm. If he doesn't play, he won't drop in price. But he's, he's so, also not generating cash like the others are. So would you trade out Jimmy Rowe, who's got a, a break-even at 24 and is probably going to go no. up 10? Is he just, you know... He's got... Rowe... You're holding Rowe now. Yeah. He's, he's on I, fire. You're holding him through the bars. I guess the, I guess the point is, if we're not trading out Brockmans and these dead rookies because this is upgrade season, yeah. we have the likes of Poulter, RCD, uh, Flynn, Rowe, da-da-da-da-da, that are all going up in, Christ, uh, go, going up in price. Um, Who are you selling? It just, it just seems easy to me that he, you know, don't get emotionally attached to it. He's the one that's not helping benefit your side in the long term in terms of points or you know cash gen really. So it's not like he's averaging ninety and is a must keep on field kind of thing. Just get rid of him. I think McNeil can go first if you, if if Scott doesn't play. Yeah. Just because I don't think I think McNeil's going to drop in money. His break even sixty one, and he's only scored once higher than that yeah. this season. So he's probably before... I think Bergman as well might be yeah. before Scott if Scott doesn't play. Yeah, I think I, I think he's high I enough think to cull as well. Price. But I think, Scott, you can totally cull. He's made enough money, and if he's going to play, he's going to lose cash. So you'd have to sell him this week. He's definitely not somebody that's given us any reason to be wanting to play him throughout the buys. I think the other one... Is probably Warner, and I would still be in the camp of holding him. Yeah. He hasn't really. He's not like. He's not fast dropping money. No. He's kind of just dripping at the moment. Yeah. You know, it's a couple K here. In the last four rounds, he's dropped 14,000. Yeah. But he could still go back up. Like his break even 71, and he plays Carlton. And then St. Kilda yeah. and then Hawthorne. We, it's a good run. And the thing is, eye test-wise, he looks still decent. He's just... He's always there. He's just not getting the ball. Yeah. <laughs> it was my problem with Goulden as well before his stress reaction. It's just... Um, yeah, I, I think the ceiling of someone like that and the potential is is what is just prolonging his, his stay in your side. But yeah, I, I think that kind of sums up our thoughts on how we should approach our rookies this week, Pistol. So why don't you go ahead and plug the Twitters and we'll wrap this up. All righty. Well, you can find uh, the main page at Dr. Underscore SC. You can find myself at Pistol Underscore DRSC. You can find Chizo with a Z at Chizo Underscore DRSC. And you can find JB. Well, if you can find JB, it will be at JB Underscore DRSC. <laughs> if you can find him. <laughs> if you can find him. And just another shout out to uh, our patrons. We still have... 24 lovely patrons sorry 10 lovely patrons in the top 24 which is absolutely insane and fantastic and a total of 21 patrons inside the top 98 which is unheard of and is just absolutely unbelievable so big shout out to uh yeah all those guys near the top mate if you're doing shout outs i've got to do a shout out to chase down cheeso the highest 18-man league going in Supercoach. Shout out to all you boys. Let's keep going. We've got a little chat little chat going, making sure that we're all just... Uh, it's not a head-to-head. It's just we're trying to be number one uh, ranked league overall. So shout out to those boys. 
thanks for everyone for listening and supporting us uh, on the various channels. Really appreciate you checking in. Big week coming up, a lot of decisions to be made. Hope you're posting on the right track. We'll talk to you all again soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.